Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And we have a special guest here on the State of the Saints podcast. We have two-time Super Bowl champion. We also have the host of the podcast, All Things Covered, with Patrick Peterson and also a contributor with CBS Sports, Brian McFadden. B-Mac, what's going on, man? Man, thank you for having me. It's an honor being here. Let's talk some Saint football. Yeah, man, no doubt about it, man. Uh, there's a lot of uh, changes going on with the New Orleans Saints, man. No doubt about that. You know, a lot of changes. Uh, we know that Drew Brees has retired. Uh, you know, he he made this announcement about two weeks ago. Yeah. And and now, you know, the Saints are moving forward. But before we, we talk about the Saints moving forward, let's talk about Drew Brees, yeah. man. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you you didn't have. I don't know if you had those many chances to play against him. I know you were up in the AFC North, but yeah. What did Drew Brees mean to you as well as the uh, Saints organization? I mean, as well uh, as uh, the NFL, excuse me. I, I think in totality, his overall career, you know, he was the ultimate underdog, to say mm-hmm. the least, in right. being able to defy, you know, the odds that were stacked against him. And the reason why I say that is if you go back and look at the beginning for Drew Brees, you know, being a high school quarterback in the state of Texas, putting up outstanding numbers and only having two offers. Right. You know what I mean? He was overlooked then. Then, you know, with those two offers, deciding to go to Purdue. And mm-hmm. when you look at a powerhouse football-wise, Purdue has never been really known to be a powerhouse. You know, when you look at some of the other blue blood football programs in college football. Right. But he balled out. You know what I mean? He put Purdue on the spotlight, to say the least, because of how well he played. And then the numbers he gave you at Purdue – you know, only warranted him going into the second round, was overlooked again, and then going to the Chargers, the then San Diego Chargers, as a second-round pick, eventually becoming a starter. And what people forget is before Drew Brees actually got hurt in San Diego, they had already drafted his replacement. Right. So they were already preparing for life after Drew Brees, even though he was more than a serviceable quarterback in in San Diego. He was a competitive guy. So he was being overlooked again, you know what I mean? And, you know, having that uh, devastating shoulder injury, you know, just going, getting over that adversity, climbing over that hurdle. And then if you look at the, 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 one of the biggest, most fortunate signings and one of the more devastating decisions (laughs) with Miami and New Orleans forever being tied to the hip to say the least. Right. And it's funny because on my podcast, All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson, a few weeks ago, I had Nick Saban on. Right. So I had an opportunity to talk to Nick Saban, and I wow. asked Nick Saban, if you guys signed Drew Brees, how different would, would your professional coaching career have been? Right. And it's safe to say he basically said he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't have left. Because if you don't have a quarterback in the National Football League, you don't have a shot. We all right. know that as fans, right? Right. Um, and in that situation, he, he broke everything down for us. If you haven't checked out the episode, you can see us on YouTube or, you know, find us anywhere you can find podcasts. But he broke it down and said he wanted Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Dr. James Andrews, a well-known doctor that, you know, is known throughout professional sports, told the Dolphins Drew Brees' shoulder would be okay. He had more concerns with Dante Culpepper's knee. Right. But Miami didn't take uh, uh, what Dr. Andrews said to heart, and they decided to sign Dante Culpepper and right. guess who gets Drew Brees, yeah, the New Orleans Saints. 
And Nick Saban said something I didn't even know. He said they had a deal in place for Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah, they had a deal in place for Drew Brees. So wow. that mishap by the Dolphins became one of the biggest fortunes for the New Orleans Saints in a yeah. time where they were looking for hope. And it's funny because I trained in New Orleans. I trained in New Orleans with Tom Shaw. Okay. In January of 2005. So that was uh, pre-Contrina, before wow. Katrina actually hit. Wow. So I got a chance to experience the environment there. I trained in New Orleans. I stayed I stayed in some apartments in Kenner, you know, oh. not too <laughs> yeah, right outside the city, so <laughs> Kenner, Louisiana. And just being in New Orleans and then seeing how things changed dramatically after Katrina, it was like, will they, will they ever come back from that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And outside of a lot of prayers and, and, and hard work, the city came back. But you know right. who, also, who also played yeah. in the city coming back? Who was that? Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Wow. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that, that is true. I mean, that's true, B-Mac. You know, I, I I can remember, you know, like, like I was saying off the air, I was born and raised in New Orleans. And I remember when the Saints yeah. weren't that good. You know, <laughs> I remember like, the you know. I, I, it, yeah, man. I mean, it is a true thing. You know, I remember when he used to sell Saints tickets at a gas station, you know. So there's a lot of, you know, a, a Man, a lot of history that was not good with the New Orleans Saints. And then when Drew Brees, Sean Payton showed up, I mean, they changed the narrative. That's why me personally, you know, you know, like you have teams that, you know, that that have been snake bitten. Then you have like this star that brings them, you know, to prosperity. I look at like the Cleveland Cavaliers and I feel like, you know, that one championship that LeBron won with them. I, I think it, it trumped like the two that he won with Miami. I feel the same way with Drew Brees. I mean, the, the Saints did not have a, a, a rich history in winning. And when this guy got here, he changed the narrative about it. And, you know, I, I, I think that people need to give him more credit uh, for that greatness, you know, because, I mean, that was that was not a good franchise. And, you know, right. I, heard, and I heard you uh, speak uh, uh, last week uh, when you were talking about Drew Brees. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, him not being a top 10 quarterback. You got a lot of people, you know, that, that's trying to, you know, put, I don't know, disclaimers out there. Yeah, he did this, but he didn't win this. Like to you, do you think that Drew Brees should be mentioned among some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? No question. The 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 misfortune that Drew Brees, Drew Brees has that's standing in front of him is being in the same era with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Yeah. It's safe to say, if those players, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, played in any era, mm. they would be the top two quarterbacks that you talk about. Right. Because they, they were that good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So for Drew Brees, it's hard because you look at his numbers, you look at how consistent he, he's been, he was. He's probably one of the more accurate, efficient quarterbacks ever. Mm. You know, being able to throw multiple 5,000, have multiple 5,000-yard seasons in, in a time when that was not such a thing, and just doing it with whoever. All right. Think about this. Throughout his professional career in New Orleans, Michael Thomas is an outlier at the wide receiver position. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, he has exceeded the expectations, but he is a beast. Marcus Colston basically was undrafted. Yeah, that's true. Now, I think he was a sixth rounder, a seventh rounder. I, mean, I think you know it was a I mean? yeah, seventh rounder. Yeah, he was. Like, yes, but clearly he exceeded the expectations because he put forth the effort and the hard work. But then mm -hmm. he had a guy throwing him the football that was a go-getter. You yeah. know what I mean? So Drew Brees never had the luxury like yeah. a Peyton Manning had where you had two Hall of Famers 
you right. know, lining up opposite each other that you can throw them the football. And then yeah. a Hall of Famer in the backfield in Ezra and James. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was still able to be competitive, relevant, and put up outstanding numbers. So yeah, you got it. You why wouldn't you put him in that conversation with the all-time greats? But like yeah. I said, my initial statement, I think, should be considered the, the ultimate underdog. Yeah. Because he always kind of kept getting overlooked. And even right now, like you said, some people are saying, well, you can't talk about him as being one of the all-time greats. Why right. Not? Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, you know, some of the things I hear, oh, you know, he played in the Dome. I'm like, Peyton Manning played in the Dome all those years, right? You know, and I mean, it just, I, I just feel like people just need to give him more credit. I, I really feel, for the exception of Reggie White, I think you have to say he's the greatest free agent, you know, of all time. You know, like the, what, what he did for a city and how he just basically just became an all-time great, uh, you know, from moving from San Diego to New Orleans. Uh, yeah. But let, let's go ahead and talk about the future of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the future is right now, man. The Saints have got to make some changes. Uh, you know, they had to lose a lot of guys due to salary cap issues. And also, you know, there's a new change out of the guard. I mean, 15 years of great quarterback play, and now you're transitioning uh, from Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. And uh, Jameis Winston signed a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints, uh, one, one year, $14 million. But yep. B-Mac, though, what, what do you think about uh, Jameis Winston? You know, a lot of people can't get that 30 for 30 out of their minds. They can't, uh, you know, can't forget about, you know, those interceptions he threw in Tampa. And people feel like, you know, he can't resurrect his career. But in, in your opinion, can Jameis Winston change the narrative of what people think about him? No question he can change the narrative. Uh, because one thing that he has currently around him in New Orleans is structure. Right. He didn't really have consistent structure in Tampa. You got to realize Jameis went number one. Yeah. <laughs> and when you go number one, you're going into a bad situation. Right. Good teams don't pick that early in the draft. Right. Bad teams pick early in the draft. So he went in to a very, very bad culture. Then the, the amount of head coaches he had to play under, the amount of offensive coordinators he had to play under. So right. just the structure wasn't there. And I think one of the biggest issues that Jameis had, he always felt like he was forced to play the best he can play for them to have a shot of winning. Right. That's pressure. And it's funny you mentioned Jameis because on my most recent episode, All Things Covered, you know, he's our guest. Right. And he wow. broke down some of the, the things that he went through in Tampa. You know, mm -hmm. he broke down how excited he is to be a part of the New Orleans Saints organization. I didn't know this, but he, he said Drew Brees was his childhood and still is to this day his personal favorite quarterback. Wow. You know what I mean? He said Drew Brees is his guy. His mm -hmm. wife is a New Orleans, has been a New Orleans Saints fan her entire <laughs> life based on what he said. So he's, he's personally invested into the organization. And he just mm -hmm. said being able to work and learn under Drew Brees for that one year – um, being able to learn under under Sean Payton uh, has been wonderful. And he's excited about this season. You yeah. know what I mean? He said he had an opportunity, uh, you know, before signing back with the New Orleans Saints to go elsewhere where he pretty much would have the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. To say at least is what they were telling him. Yeah. He said, no, he, did, he, he didn't take that offer because he wanted to come back to New Orleans and continue to, to work on the things that he's trying to put in place there for that organization and under yeah. Sean Payton. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm always believe I'm always a firm believer in guys can, you know, change the narrative. You know, I, I just think that, like you said, he was the first overall pick. He went to an organization. You got the first pick in the draft for a reason. 
I mean, plain and simple. I mean, the New Orleans Saints, I feel like this can be a match made in heaven. And I feel like Jameis Winston has done all the necessary things to try to change that narrative. You know, like he lost weight. Uh, you know, he, he got, you know, really serious about his workout routine. He, did, he the, got the, the LASIK surgery. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The LASIK surgery. So this tells me right here that this guy actually cares about, uh, you know, his, his football career. You know, I mean, he could have easily went somewhere else. I mean, it's not like this guy lacks talent. I'm pretty sure if his agent could have, you know, got him in a, in a, you know, another situation where he could have made more money, but he was willing to come back to New Orleans on his one-year deal too, you know. Like I said, to go out here to try to prove to everybody that he does belong in the National Football League. But you know, there's going to have a, they are going to have a quarterback competition, and you have Taysom Hill. Uh, B Mac, where do you see Taysom Hill's role with the New Orleans Saints? Uh, you know, do you think that Taysom Hill I mean, could legitimately be a starter in the National Football League, or do you feel uh, he should be in his regular Swiss Army knife role? I mean, if you have a solid answer at the quarterback position that's not named Taysom Hill, I think he's best being a Swiss Army knife. Right. You know what I mean? The thing about quarterbacks, when they get that opportunity to be a starting quarterback for a franchise, most quarterbacks, unless you're newly drafted into the National Football League, you, you have some experience. Right. I mean, the first experience that Taysom Hill got happened last year because of an injury. Mm -hmm. So I can, to answer your question, what kind of quarterback I think he could be, I don't know. Mm -hmm. We never seen Taysom start <laughs> eight games as a quarterback. We never seen him right. start anything close to a full season. Right. But he has a unique skill set. Mm -hmm. His athleticism right. makes him – a potential success at the quarterback position. Yeah. But Taysom is a physical player. And yeah. one thing that I saw last year when he became the starting quarterback, yeah. he didn't take that physical nature away from him. He still played with the same oh. mindset that he's yeah. done his entire professional career. Can right. he do that for 16 weeks? Because mm. he's only not on the competitor, the competition for Taysom, to say least, and Jameis, oh. is turnovers. Yeah. That's True. the only knock on Jameis. Yeah. Is if Jameis can just take away half of the turnovers from that 30 for 30 year, outstanding year. Yeah. And the thing that I like about the current situation for both players, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston in New Orleans, you're dealing with one of the more respected offensive minds, quarterback minds in the National Football League in Sean Payton. Yeah, true. And Sean Payton track record speaks for itself. Hmm. I mean, if you listen to what he's telling you to do, you can go out and get paid like Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. Don't go out and do more than what is asked of you. Mm. And that's similar to what Taysom did when he jumped to the lineup. So to answer your question, what kind of quarterback I think he can be, the jury is still out because we saw a very, very small sample size for him in Taysom, uh, in Taysom Hill last year. Uh, but – Hopefully, there's a more. It's more of a normal off season where you can kind of see these guys get on the grass more so in the off season yeah. and getting leading up to training camp to kind of get a wind on who's looking comfortable, who has a more, uh, who has a decent vibe with the offense, and I think that would determine who will be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I think people uh, are like putting way too much uh, stock in the fact that Taysom Hill, uh, you know, played. Uh, over Jameis Winston. You know, a, a lot of people aren't uh, realizing that Sean Payton 
already agreed and told Taysom when he was negotiating his a new contract yeah, that if something was to happen to Drew, that he would actually give him opportunity to be a starter. And he, he and he relayed that message to Jameis as well. And you got a lot of people that they're saying, well, if Jameis is that good, then why didn't he start over Taysom? But they neglect to inform people about that. Now, yeah. I, I really feel like Jameis Winston is going to be the starter to me. Um, I, I think that Taysom should uh, serve, you know, be in that Swiss Army knife role. And I think he should embrace it, B-Mac, because there's not a lot of teams that are going to give you these opportunities if you're a quarterback. You know, teams like to run one quarterback out there. They don't like to disrupt the rhythm of that quarterback. So the mm-hmm. fact that Taysom Hill can actually be on the field and, and be an actual football player and also get opportunity to throw the ball in certain situations, I think this is the best of both worlds, and I think he – he needs to embrace that, no doubt about it. But I, I, I believe in Jameis. Uh, I think the words you used a few minutes ago was an outlier. I just feel like that 30 for 30 was an outlier. You know, if you look at his stats, you know, from the time he got into the league, I mean, he, he always had, like, double-digit intercession, but it was always in the teens. And it, it's kind of scary that if you look at his stats, uh, you know, up against Drew Brees when he was in San Diego, they're almost virtually identical for the exception of that 30 for 30 uh the season that he had uh yep. yeah the next the next question is um is about the nfl draft you know uh, the new orleans saints they had to um due to cap uh, issues they had to get uh rid of janoris jack rabbit jenkins who i feel like really uh played really well for the new orleans saints and and there's a huge void at that number two cornerback spot um there's a lot of good cornerbacks out there be mad you know i mean you were balling your day you know <laughs> so what cornerback do you see out there that you feel like uh, would probably be there at that number 28 position or, or somebody maybe the Saints could aggressively move up in the draft to try to acquire? Well, right now, my opinion, when you look at the corners that are available, you got a traffic jam of light players. Mm-hmm. They're in a traffic jam. Yeah. Those players are Caleb Farley, Pat Sertain Jr., mm-hmm. and J.C. Horn. Right. They're they're pretty much neck and neck in my opinion based on mm-hmm. their collegiate film and how right. well they played on the on, on, on the college field. Right. So those three guys probably will all be off the board by pick eighteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, could be pick sixteen. Right. So now the second tier of corners start to surface. Right. Now if you're talking about the New Orleans Saints trying to draft up trade up to go get one of those guys, it may cost them because like you said, mm-hmm. they the Saints are picking twenty six. 28, 28. 28. So for you to get into the mid-teens, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. But a player that could be available, um, now this is, it determines if there's a big run on cornerbacks, but a player that could be available is a guy that uh, played at Florida State and Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, He just had his pro day this week. Uh, He ran in the four fours. Um, A feisty physical player. Loves the game of football. I spoke, uh, I broke down his game on CBS Sports HQ, and I said, he reminds me a lot of Jair Alexander. Wow. You know what I mean? And Jair Alexander, I don't want to say he's one of the best-kept seekers in the NFL at the cornerback position, but Mm. for some reason, his name gets left out of the conversation of some of the top corners in the game. Yeah. He he doesn't get his just due, and he puts up numbers, and he, he falls. Yeah. But Asante has that same style of play. You know, some people say he's undersized. I don't care anything about size. If you're a football player, you're a football player. It doesn't yeah. matter. But, you know, most experts and, and, and analysts, they always like to throw it that size. Well, he's a bit yeah. undersized. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> he's undersized. 
Exactly. Drew Brees was undersized. Right. B. Smith, uh, senior, undersized. If you're a baller, you're a baller. And that right. would uh, transition on any football field. That would translate right. on any football field. But I think he's a player that can fit that that mold. Right. You know what I mean? That that the the the, the mindset defensively there in in in, uh, in New Orleans is already they already have Dennis uh, Dennis Allen and his staff. You know that right. physical nature, that feisty nature, that the feistiness. Right. Uh, and he tackles. Yeah. He tackles well. But mm-hmm. I can tell you this much: you better have corners in that division. Yeah. Because you don't have no corners. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have no corners. Good luck. And you know what yeah. thing too? What's I that? wouldn't be surprised. Depending on what happens. I know they're trying to fill a void. There's a void at the cornerback position. Oh, yeah. um, but going past Russia. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, the only reason I, I, I feel like they should go ahead corner be made is the same, the same uh, reason you brought up. I mean, this is a stacked division. There, there's, some, there's some ballers out there. They got some really good receivers in the NFC South. And even if it, if they weren't in the NFC South, this is a pass happy league. Like you've got to have uh, two solid corners on on your team, you know, on each side. Like you can't have like it, it's not like a couple, you know, back in the day where you probably have a run dominant team, and but I mean they probably weren't throwing the ball as much. Like you got to have some corners. You got to have some guys that can go out there and cover. And I just feel like that's that's almost you know as in, well. I want to even say almost. It is as important as a left tackle. Or, or your quarterback, you know, like there's no doubt about that. But um, uh, the final question that I have for you um, is about the NFC South. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, you know, they're losing Drew Brees. He's, he's not uh, coming back. He's retiring. Uh, can the Saints still be a formidable team in the NFC South with the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers still being in the division? Yeah. It, now, you know, life after Drew Brees, it might take some time to get used to that. But if you can get efficient play at the quarterback position, you got everything else you want. You know, the structure on the offensive line. Right. I love Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully you get a healthy Michael Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Just think about how difficult it was from not having him in, and out, in, the, line, in the lineup consistently. Yeah. Defensively, you have to address some, some losses. You know what I mean? You know, you, you lost mm-hmm. some key contributors from that unit last year. Uh, being yeah. able to bring back Marcus Williams. Right. Big, Big yeah, that, that, was, that was huge. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably the one of the more. I think he's probably the most valuable player on that defense. Mm, that that's that's a strong <laughs> that's and, a strong point right there. The reason mm-hmm. why I say when I talk about value, it means you do a lot. You bring a lot right. to the table. You do a lot that you might not get the praise for. Right. He's the ultimate traffic cop in the secondary. He communicates. Right. He gets everybody going and do and, and, and line up the right way. Not just right. in the third uh, the third level guys, the second level guys as well with the linebackers. He's the right. ultimate quarterback in the secondary and he tackles right. well. And each year he has improved. You yeah. know what I mean? So having him come back is a plus. But the makeup of the NFC South, you start and you stop that conversation with Tampa Bay. Right. Right? Yeah. It's it's, it's Tampa's division right now. Until another team says otherwise, because the yeah. beat the champs got to beat the champs, and I know the New Orleans Saints won the division last year. Tampa <laughs> got the ultimate goal. Exactly. And yeah. the unique thing about Tampa, and I spoke about this on CBS Sports HQ, mm. you don't usually see championship team retain most of their noteworthy players. That's true. Usually, when you win a championship, those those good players that are free 
free agents, they go elsewhere. They go chase the bag. Right. Brought back true. Godwin, Chris Godwin. Brought back uh, Shaq Barrett. Brought back Levante David. You know, this brought back Rob Gronkowski. You know, they still talk with Antonio Brown, still talk with mm-hmm. Little Burnett. But wow. those those guys that I mentioned, major assets to yeah, their team. Absolutely. And don't forget, you got Gronkowski last year who just was retired and then decided I want to come play again, who didn't really get into football shape until the month of December. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. With that abnormal year last year, Tom Brady was cheap, he was you know, basically cheating to get on the grass to throw football to football to his new teammates because of the restrictions. Because of that, yeah. one would think it might be a little more normal this year, so the continuity would be there. So that's right. why I have the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the top of the division. Now it's about fighting for second, and I know yeah. a lot can change. But I'm just talking about what we know right now. I think it's safe to say, even if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, and if you're gonna keep it real and be honest with yourself, you would say right now Tampa Bay has to be the number one team in the, in the division. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think the Saints can still, you know, be you know, a formidable team in the division. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, they are the champs. And then until somebody knocks them off, I think that they deserve the right to, you know, be the front runners for the division. I mean. And, and front runners to, win, to go back to the championship again because that number yeah. 12 is hell. That number 12 is hell out there. That Tom Brady? <laughs> man. Yeah, but, man. That's that bad business. I think a fair spot. If we're talking about, you know, just the entire division, the Saints being number two, mm-hmm. um, they still, you know, got one of the best <laughs> in the National yes, Football League in Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Uh, the structure is there. Yes, you lost Drew Brees, but you got everything else you would want. Uh, you just got to find out who's going to be the quarterback and will they be able to hold on to that job for the entire season? Because yeah. whoever comes out of camp as a starting quarterback, if they're the starting quarterback the entire season, the Saints will be okay. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? If, if yeah. you got to be moving quarterbacks and that guy ain't injured, but you're moving quarterbacks, it might be safe to say your, your team overall success might not be there. But whoever yeah. wins that quarterback job and they hold on it to, for the entire year, the Saints will be okay. Now it's the extra spot. You don't always have to win your division to get into the playoffs. Yeah, that's you know true. I mean? You know what I mean? It's not about ultimately winning your division. You know, they added an extra spot in the tournament. And when you get in the tournament, anything can happen. Yeah, and no, it, it should be an interesting division. I mean, you look at uh, Tampa, you know, they're the champs. Uh, the Saints moving on, uh, you know, from Drew Brees. Uh, he's going into retirement. You got the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, they they, they uh, still are relatively young. I mean, then you got the Atlanta Falcons, new new coaching staff, new GMs. Should be a very interesting uh, NFC South this 2021 season. But BMAC, thank you so much for your time. Uh, before you go, let everybody know about your podcast, All Things Covered, with uh, Patrick Peterson, and also just uh, what you got coming up with CBS Sports. Yes, sir, man. My podcast with my cousin, All Things Covered, you know, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Uh, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. We also have a YouTube page. Just visit youtube.com slash Covered, where you visually can see us. Uh, we've had some prominent guests on. Like I said, our most recent episode, uh, we had Jameis Winston on. We had an opportunity mm-hmm. to talk to Pat P, who played right there in the state of Louisiana, LSU, talked about mm-hmm. his free agency decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Nick Saban on a few weeks ago. Wow. Uh, we've had Shaquille O'Neal, Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr., wow. Kirby Smart, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Justin Man. Jefferson. Um, 
Man, all star cast up in it. Yeah. Man, we've had uh, Tyron Matthew, another LSU uh, former baller. So we've had some real good, unique, you know, prominent guests. And like yeah. I said, we got we got maybe your starting quarterback for this upcoming season mm. on joining us on yeah. the show. So definitely check us out. And you always can check me out on um, CBS Sports HQ platform as well. Uh, talking mm. college football, you know, talking fantasy football, talking betting, talking NFL football. My social media handle is the same for all three platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, underscore sports. Yeah, man, we definitely looking forward to uh, listening to all things covered with you and Patrick Peterson, man. I mean, look, y'all killing the game right now. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing that interview with uh, Jameis Winston as well as other interviews in the future. Uh, B-Mac, thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, Thank you for having me. All right, take care.